Welcome to a time of worship and prayer to connect with our Creator, heart, soul, and mind. In Matthew 22, the Sadducees ask Jesus what the greatest commandment is. His answer is twofold. He replies, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, and with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the great and first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So friends, this time is a time set aside for us to worship and pray, not only with our minds, but with our hearts and our souls, so that we can be transformed from the inside out and love our neighbors as ourselves. My hope with these weekly meditations is to give us space to reflect on what we heard in the sermon on Sunday. How do we take what we heard and know in our heads to be true and let it transform our hearts into the likeness of Christ? So wherever you are, I just invite you to take a deep breath in through the nose and let it out through your mouth. In through the nose and out through the mouth. One more time, in through the nose. And let it out through the mouth. Inhale through the nose. Seal the lips and exhale through the nose. Continue to breathe with your own rhythm of breath. In through the nose. And out through the nose. Genesis 2-7 says, Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. So as you begin to just breathe in and out through the nose, I invite you to take a moment to give thanks to the one who gave you that breath and know that he is as close to you as your next breath. This practice is one of curiosity, one of noticing. So I invite you to take a moment to just notice what your breath is like. Can you feel the quality of your breath? Where can you feel it in your body? Is it fast or slow? Maybe even feel the temperature of your breath. As you breathe in, I just invite you to begin to notice where your breath is at. Is it high up in your chest? Or can you begin to let your breath come all the way down to the bottom of your belly and let your ribs expand, let your belly expand? And as you breathe out, I imagine just emptying a balloon releasing that stale air that no longer serves you and making room for fresh, life-giving oxygen. And then just begin to let each breath become a little longer and a little slower than the last. The more I learn about the breath and the calming effects it has on our nervous system, the more I am amazed at God's design. Of course, he designed us to be calmed by breathing in his breath, 
Vibrasa blade. Now I just invite you to begin to notice your body. If you're seated in a chair, I invite you to plant your feet firmly on the ground and sit up nice and tall. Maybe you're walking as you're listening to this. If so, just begin to notice your feet as they move along the ground. Wherever you are, I just invite you to relax your shoulders, relax your jaw, unfurrow your brow, and continue to breathe deeply the breath of life. To connect our minds to our hearts and our souls, we're going to practice breath prayer. This practice of breath prayer is just the intentional linking of our breath with a word or a short phrase. Breathing is something that comes naturally. It's automatic, continuous, and involuntary. And when we begin to let our inhales and our exhales represent an intentionally chosen prayer, we begin to live out Paul's instructions in 1 Thessalonians 5.17 to pray without ceasing. So in the quiet of your heart, on your next inhale, whisper, I worship you. And as you exhale, with reverence and awe, inhale, I worship you. And exhale, with reverence and awe. Take a moment to just breathe and pray it out with your own rhythm of breath. This week, we completed the return series with the final message on returning to worship from Kelly Couch. Friends, what a good word she brought on Sunday. It was a convicting word, which can sometimes be hard to hear, but it was a really good one. She talked about left brain versus right brain thinking and invited us to whole brained worship. All of this information is based off the book, The Other Half of Church, which is a great read. One of the things that she said that hit me in the heart was because he, God, is so hard to logically wrap our minds around, there are aspects of him that we unintentionally or intentionally don't allow into our faith. Unfortunately, we end up limiting ourselves to experiencing our vast, tremendous, breathtaking God based on our limited understanding, which is very small, which makes him small and makes our Christianity small. Ouch, that hurts. I just invite you to take a moment and sit with that sentence. Take a moment to sit at the feet of Jesus and ask yourself, where or how am I limiting my understanding of you, God? And what do I need to let go of in order to experience you even more? As I say every week, there is no condemnation in Christ, so this is not a space of judging yourself or feeling guilty. That is not of God. Rather, this is a space for you to sit at your Creator's feet and quietly reflect on the truth of where you are today. Give yourself permission to remove any masks you may be wearing, as Kelly talked about, and talk quietly with the Lord about how you can experience Him more.
Kelly went on to say, but dot, dot, dot. If I may, I'm going to insert a but God. Every good redemption story in the Bible always starts with but God. So but God designed us the left and right brain. He designed us whole-brained. And the right brain is the primary driver for character change and spiritual formation. Let me say that again. The right brain is the primary driver for character change and spiritual formation. So friends, let's take a moment and sit with that statement. Our right brain is the primary driver for character change and spiritual formation. So when we engage both hemispheres of our brain, right and left, we are able to worship and experience God whole brained. And why wouldn't we want to do that? Why would we want to experience anything less than the whole of God in our lives? So friends, what Kelly is inviting us to do is experience more and more of God's presence in our lives by engaging in our right and left brain in worship. Hebrews 12, 28 says, Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. Friends, one of the most powerful statements Kelly said was, Sunday mornings are not about you. It's about him. The one thing that we have to offer him on Sundays is our worship. That statement hit me like a ton of bricks. Here I thought I was coming to church on Sundays to consume, to hear a message on his word and get filled up with the knowledge of who he is. But Sundays aren't about me. They are about him. And the one thing I can offer on Sunday mornings to him is acceptable worship with reverence and awe. Wow. What a powerful perspective change. Brett Vendeska, the women's pastor here at Southeast, has encouraged all the women of Southeast to participate in reading the Bible in a year. I've been participating in this, and over the last few months, we've read Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. What struck me is that I never realized the lengths that the Israelites had to go to to access God's presence. The building for the tabernacle is quite the feat, and the sole purpose is a place for God's presence to dwell. The book of Leviticus is an entire book about acceptable offerings to the Lord so that the people can access the Lord's presence. But only one man, the high priest, is actually able to enter into the Lord's presence on behalf of the people, and only once a year. Friends, because of Jesus' sacrifice, his offering of himself on our behalf, we have access to the presence of the Lord always. As Kelly said, on Sundays when we worship, the creator of the universe is here in this auditorium in a unique way because we came together to worship. Friends, we have access to the Lord's presence and we take that for granted. Kelly is challenging us to reframe our thinking and remind us that Sunday morning is for him. 
It's so that we can offer the one thing that we have to give, our acceptable worship, with reverence and awe to him and be filled with his presence. So I invite you to just take a moment and reflect on how you're showing up on Sunday mornings to worship. Is it with reverence and awe? Is it for him as an offering for who he is to you? Again, this is not a space of condemnation, rather a space of quiet reflection on what Sunday mornings are for you. Hebrews 12, 28 says, Therefore let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. Father God, I just thank you for your word through Kelly this weekend. Lord, thank you for the reminder that you designed us with both the left and right hemispheres of the brain. And your desire is for us to use both of them to live at our faith, including our worship, whole-brained. And the one thing that we can offer you is our worship. Lord, we thank you for the reminder that Sunday mornings are not about us. They are about you. So Lord, I ask that you forgive us for taking that for granted and begin to stir our hearts to step outside our comfort zones and worship you with reverence and awe. It's in your name I pray. Amen.